Welcome to a Cop On podcast special. Um, I'm here with Justin from the American Hammers Network. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by you. Thank you so much, Justin. Uh, tell us about about you and uh, how you got into West supporting West Ham, and tell us about the American Hammers Network, please. Yeah, absolutely, Alan. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Um, so how I got into West Ham was uh, first season I supported them was the 2014-15 season. Um, so, so it has been a while, uh, and I got it. I've always been a big fan of soccer, always liked the sport. I used to root for AC Milan and the Andre Shevchenko days. I'm sure you remember those days very well, given that Istanbul in 05. Um, but yeah, so always a big soccer fan, sort of fell off of it a little bit in college, but in college, I hung out a lot with the the soccer team at my school and they were big premier league fans and would wake up on Saturdays to, to watch it. And I wanted to pick a team myself. I, I didn't want to pick, you know, no, no offense. I didn't want to pick like Liverpool or United just, just to pick them. I wanted to pick a team that had some sort of connection with the teams that I love here in the States, which are Chicago based teams. And my favorite of those teams are the Chicago Cubs of, of major league baseball. And I actually found a lot of similarities between the Cubs and West Ham, one of which being neither team really won that much. Um, up until up until 2016, the Cubs had not won a championship in 108 years. Um, and there were also a couple other similarities. Both clubs had classic, iconic stadiums. Both clubs had flats, apartment buildings that you could go on top of and watch the games. And so I picked West Ham, but it really wasn't until I moved back to Chicago after university where I met a lot of the Chicago Hammers, who are the supporters group here in Chicago. And, you know, football is all about community and the fans and, and having fun with your friends. And, um, you know, I, I, I do think that I would not have the intensity and passion for, for West Ham if it wasn't for the guys at the Chicago Hammers that I could watch the games at the pub with uh, week in and week out. So. It's been it's been a journey. It didn't happen overnight, but yeah, picked West Ham due to the similarities with the Cubs, and then that passion just grew over time due to uh, due to the guys that I watched the games with. I do wanna. I know you asked about America, the American Hammers Network, and I do wanna give a, a quick shout out to Tim and Lee from Boston who started the network, um, and all of the rest of the guys that put a lot of uh, a lot of hard work into the content that we produce. Uh, we have a Facebook channel. We have a YouTube channel where we have, I think, about 1.2 thousand subscribers and growing. Um, a lot of great content. So forever's listening to this podcast, I would really highly encourage you guys to, to search us on YouTube and, and check out our content. That's a great answer. Thank you very much. Yeah, football is all about community. It's all about the spirit of the fans, but the spirit of the West Ham fans at the moment worldwide i mean i'm looking at you know the table now you you've got six wins six draws and 14 losses 24 points 18th in the table on the same amount of points as watford who are in 19th um it's going really badly unfortunately with uh, david moyes coming back uh, there's just this sense of doom unfortunately i'm sorry to use that word doom but that's it just seems like that's that's what it is around West Ham. Can you turn it around? I mean, as a club, is it is it possible? Well, uh, in the short term, it's very simple. 
uh, winning winning football matches. Uh, it's really all that all that's going to turn it around in the short term. Um, we need points and we need them badly. Uh, you know, 24. I think we're on 24 points right now. Um, we haven't had this bad this bad of a point total at this point of the season since we last got relegated. So it's really not voting well for us at the moment, but that's the only short-term fix is winning. Um, there's a lot of other issues off the, off the pitch, um, which I can get into in a minute, but those issues right now, in my opinion, don't, don't need to be pushed aside, but at, at the moment being negative about those off the field issues aren't really going to help us stay up. Now, in terms of long term, I think if you ask a majority of West Ham fans, the ultimate fix and really the only fix that will truly, truly fix everything is the owners, our current owners, uh, David Gold and David Sullivan, selling the team. I, I think for for a lot of fans, nothing short of that will will fix the club. Um, and selling it obviously to owners with maybe you know more cash, a little deeper pockets. Um, owners that want to actually win too and, and get and push push on for Europe. Um, if you asked me a few months ago, I would have said that I was in the minority and, and didn't think that. And 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 I would have said I think that there obviously needs to be fixes, but it can be fixed with the current regime. Now, if you ask me, I'm I'm starting to really think that yeah, nothing short of of the owners selling the team and, and stepping away from the club will actually fix the club. It's rotten to its core. Um, you know, you have David Gold on Twitter liking tweets, insulting West Ham fans, uh, saying that we're overreacting to everything, even though we're in the relegation zone. Um, you know, things like that. Just everything's been handled very poorly, especially with the stadium move over the last few years. So, yeah, it's just – it's really – I'm really just starting to realize how quickly things can change, but I'm also starting to realize that nothing short of David Goldman, David Sullivan selling the club and getting out of West Ham will really fix the club. Yeah, thanks for that answer. It's absolutely horrible to hear that uh, your chairman is liking tweets against the fans. It's absolutely shocking because uh, the state of the club at the moment in terms of on the pitch... Um, your form since the 9th of November is you've won three, drawn one and lost 11. Um, it's 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 not pretty reading, unfortunately. Uh, you know, some fans I've seen, they're calling for Moyes to be sacked already um, because, I don't know... It, <laughs> If you if you pause time and imagine that West Ham had no manager now and you had a choice between Moyes and Pellegrini, many people would actually choose Manuel Pellegrini as a better candidate to to steer West Ham away from the drop. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Are you in the camp that you know you should do a Watford and uh, sack Moyes uh, and 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 try and get someone better? No, I'm not. Simply because I think. I personally think that, I mean, I guess it would have, I guess the answer would be it would have to depend on who we bring in. Um, I, I personally think that it's really too late for, for that. Um, you know, Nigel Pearson was brought in, what, two months ago now? Um, I think it's too late for a third manager. Um, not many teams with three managers in the season stay up, although Watford actually do have a chance now. 
So no, I'm not in the camp of of sacking Moyes just to sack him because if you look at our fixture list, we we play you guys on Monday and we're all we're all scratching that off as a no pointer. But the next match after that is at home to Southampton, and I personally believe that's a must win. And without three points in that match, the season's over, in my opinion. Because the next four matches we have after Southampton are very tough. And I don't know where the points are going to come from. So what I'm trying to say is that because you have a must-win match in essentially a week's time, and I think we play them next Sunday, um, sacking him now, right, and and having a new manager for the South, I mean, it's, it's really not going to make a difference. We either need to win with Moyes or we're going down. It's slowly starting to look like we're going down, but I don't really think there's a third option um, because I just think we're too late in the season at this point. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, we're almost in March, aren't we? But uh, he got a lot of criticism last week, David Moyes, for, for leaving some great attacking talent on the bench, 120 million worth of Felipe Anderson, Haller, uh, Lanzini. Um, but you're, you're you're famous for having having good attacking players. I mean, you know, Mikel Antonio, for example, uh, young Fornells is only 21 and he's he's could be a great creative prospect for you. But defensively, I'm interested in defensively. Um, have, I mean, who are your, who, who has stepped up to the plate this season? Has anybody defensively done well? I would say our best, our best defender has been Angelo Agbana a center back. Um, and he, even, even he has faded off a little bit. I will say he's been fairly consistent. Um, everyone else has been inconsistent, either inconsistent with performances or inconsistent, meaning they can't stay healthy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, if you look on paper, you'd think that our defense would be much, much better than, than, than it is. And, um, yeah, it's it's been poor. Uh, if you look at the highlights of two matches ago against Brighton, the goals that we gave up were just absolutely atrocious. We should have dominated that game. We were up 2-0 at halftime, 3-1 at one point in the second half, and we bottled it due to absolutely atrocious goals we gave up. Absolutely atrocious. So, no, our defense has been poor this year. No one's really stepped up. Like I said, Agbana has been, Agbana has been fairly consistent. Um, but even he has dropped off a little bit, I think, simply due to a lack of confidence. Yeah, sorry to hear that. And, and what about um, Declan Rice? How's he doing? I mean, obviously, he's a, he's a defensive midfielder, not a defender. But uh, um, he was uh, looked at by, by many clubs. He probably still is being looked at by by many clubs around Europe as a fantastic prospect. I mean, how, how has he been recently? I mean, I mean, Declan Rice is a very good player. Um, very, very good player. I was actually watching some Sky Sports content a couple of days ago, and he ranked first or second among uh, defensive midfielders in the Premier League in a lot of key categories, dribbles, uh, tackles, things of that nature. I can't remember all of the stats. But he, he's, a, I mean, he's, a, he's a very good player. He's, I believe, 20 now. Could be still 19. I think he's 20, though. And, uh, I mean, he's got his whole career in front of him. And, um, 
I, I, you mentioned a lot of other European teams are looking at him, and rightly so. I think he could help out a lot of a lot of good good teams, and I'm sure they're going to be like vultures circling around West Ham, especially if we go down. You know, I don't think Declan Rice is going to stay at the club, and and I don't think he, he should stay at the club. To be honest, I think he should prosper at another club where he can get first team Premier League football or first team top tier league football. But yeah, he's been good. He's been, you know, I, I would say last season was better for him, but I also think last season was just better in general for everyone. I think everyone's suffering from frustration and a lack of confidence and, and negativity throughout the club. But yeah, he, he's one of the lone bright spots. Hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear that there are, there are some bright spots. Um, Going back to, Last week uh, against Manchester City, it was a 2-0 loss at the Etihad. Not the worst result in, in the world. Um, he lined up with a 5-3-2 formation. Um, what do you expect the lineup to be against Liverpool on Monday night, please? Yeah, well, first, 2-0, I think, flattered us. Um, it, it, I mean, Gabriel Jesus missed two sitters uh, within the first... 20 or 30 minutes. I mean, it easily could have been 3, 4 nil at halftime. So the, the scoreline certainly flatters us. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned a 5-3-2 one. It really turned into a 5-4-1 as, as the game went on. And he set up similarly versus, versus you guys a couple weeks ago. I don't see him changing. Uh, I, I don't see him uh, veering from that path too much. Um he may make some substitutions, you know, if he finds that we're only down 1-0 or something in the 50th, 60th minute, he may make some subs- some more attacking-minded substitutions earlier on. I think he waited too long to do so against City. Uh, but to be honest, I don't see, I don't see Moyes really changing from, from that game plan too much. Yes, fair enough. Um, I mean, go back to last time, West Ham... Nil Liverpool two on the twenty ninth of January. Uh, I I don't know. It, it it seemed like it was. I mean, West Ham five four one. They you set up at home. Uh, this negativity. It's not really the West Ham DNA, is it? Would you like to see him? I mean, there's just a few a few months left of the season would you like to see Moyes just just sort of change a little bit adapt a little bit and and use your attacking players more instead of leaving them on the bench like last week or is that you know impractical unreasonable given the situation you you are in no I, I don't think it's unreasonable I, I think we're at a point where we need to go for it um we're, we're in the relegation zone there's nothing really to lose uh, Moyes mentioned goal difference I mean you know, I, I think goal difference right now should not be worried about with, what, 12 matches to go? Uh, you know, it, it's, yeah, I, I really wish that we would open up a little more. Uh, you mentioned, you know, leaving roughly 120 million pounds on the bench. Um, granted, those players have been inconsistent. I think Manuel Lanzini has been one of the worst players on, uh, in the club, just has been a shell of himself. Uh, Felipe Anderson has been inconsistent this year. Um, Sebastian Haller, granted he hasn't gotten the support that he probably needs, but he hasn't really lived up to the, to the, to the record signing that he is. So it's a catch 22, right? Because Pellegrini 
was an attacking-minded manager. It's why we were so excited to bring him into the club. Yet the way he was playing wasn't wasn't working either. So, so yes, to answer your question, I would like to see Moyes open things up a little bit. Uh, I would like to see him not put 120 million pounds on the bench. You mentioned Fornells earlier too. For for some reason, he has simply just disregarded Pablo Fornells. I have no idea why. He has chosen to play Lanzini over him. Um, and now even though Lanzini's not starting, he, he actually, Fornals wasn't even in the squad against City. And he's not hurt. I have no idea what's going on. He was one of our bright spots. He was one of our players that was really improving and, and coming into himself in the Premier League. And Moyes has come in and totally ruined it. So, <clears throat> yeah, there, there are many things that, that I wish Moyes would do differently. And yeah, using using our attacking players efficiently is definitely one of them. I, I don't really think he's playing to win at this point. Yeah, it's a shame. It's such a shame because you've got. I think you've got such talent, but uh, it's not being used in the in the right way. And it's a shame to see the the uh, discord between everybody at West Ham. And you know, any Liverpool fans listening to this can just you know remember the Hodgson. Uh, debacle and at that time we had uh, owners that we disliked and we really can sympathize with your with your plight to some to some degree at least but um but uh just final one final question then because we have to go but uh justin thank you for as well very much it's been a great pleasure talking to you what's your what's your score prediction please yeah so yeah we, we talked about this on american hammers network um I, I I obviously don't see any way West Ham nick a result at Anfield. Um, I mean, you guys have been extremely dominant over the last few years there, even against teams of the highest caliber, which West Ham are not. So the only hope I has, have is that I hope we score a goal. Um, so I'll be semi-optimistic and say that we'll score one. But I, I still think we'll lose by a couple of goals. I, I was debating between 4-1 and 3-1. I'm going to stick with my 3-1 prediction. Um, I, I, again, I think it could be a scoreline where we only lose by a couple goals, but the scoreline would flatter us. Um, but we'll see. I, 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 again, I don't see how we get a point, uh, especially three. Don't see it. And, um, yeah, therefore, I'm going to go 3-1 to, to Liverpool. It's a... It's a dismal uh, experience when you're, you know, against the owners and you don't have all that much faith in the players and the manager. And I just think, you know, I just hope that everything goes better for you. And, uh, you know, may the best team win on Monday night. And uh, thank you very much for, for joining me and talking about the Hammers and uh, the American Hammers Network. Yeah, Owen, oh, really appreciate the uh, the opportunity to, to come on your podcast. Um Certainly appreciate it, and and yeah, thanks for the sympathy. It's uh, I'm still holding out hope uh, for me. The Southampton match after the match against you guys is a must-win. Um, if we win that, I I continue to hope. If we don't, uh, then I think I'll I think I'll finally um, submit to the to the cold hard fact that uh, I'll be watching Championship football next season. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> 